Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. We're going to open up our Bibles. I want to encourage you, turn off your notifications, uh, focus in on what we're talking about tonight. Uh, Don't let your mind get distracted. Let's begin to think about and listen in to what God wants to speak to us about this evening. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Colossians and chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And for a few moments this evening, I want to preach uh, something that I think is very needed and something that's very necessary in this particular moment that we are living in, although this is something that is helpful no matter what moment we're living in. So Colossians chapter 3, if you would turn there with me. I don't know about you, but I have, uh, over the years, I have learned some lessons when it comes to social media. Have you ever found yourself wishing, oh, I wish I just wouldn't have said nothing. I wish I would have thought twice before hitting that button. I wish that I could go back in time and just remove myself from that thread altogether. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have found myself caught in that situation, wishing, hoping that uh, I could extract myself from the drama that seems to be such a commonality on social media. So I want to preach tonight a message about social media in general and about Facebook more specifically tonight because this is a platform that has incredible in, uh, uh, potential for the kingdom of God. It has incredible potential to reach lost souls Right now in our generation, social media in general, and also more specifically talking about Facebook, but also at the same time, there are some dangers. There are some pitfalls. There are some things that we need to be aware of that can, that can cause us great pain and problems tonight, and uh, I want the people of God to be ready to, to uh, encounter those this evening. So with those things in mind... I want to read from Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. It says these words. And whatever you do, can you all say whatever we do? Whatever we do. Do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One more time tonight, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is a very instructive tonight. Uh, let me just pray for this service and for this message. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. God, I'm praying for people who are now engaging, Lord, a lost and dying world through this new and difficult medium. 
God, we're praying tonight that you would help us, give us wisdom, give us guidance, help us, God, to stay saved while on social media. We thank you this evening in Jesus' mighty name. As people would say, amen. Tonight we are living in a whole different world than we were six weeks ago. You realize how much the world has changed in such a short amount of time? You realize that, uh, that you know, we are doing things that we never considered doing even a few short months or even, uh, even years ago. We, we never imagined that we'd be preaching to uh, less than 10 people in, an, in the building and most of our audience watching on live stream or Facebook. We never could imagine this in a million years. And yet, here we are tonight. We are in the midst of a world that is rapidly changing, and I think the church is struggling to stretch. Uh, if you happen to catch our podcast the other night, this is the topic that we that we began to talk about, and uh, and so I'm not going to uh, retread that that message, but I just want to share with you that the church, I think, right now is really struggling. Many churches are struggling to keep up with the rapid rate of change. We here in the Potter's House of Virginia Beach, we are trying to adapt quickly. We're trying to be useful and helpful to our congregation. Uh, but more than that, we are trying to take steps that are going to cause us to be better off after this COVID-19 uh, tragedy is over. We are quickly entering a world that is uh, very different than what we're used to. And so we are having to learn new things. We're having to relearn some old things. And uh, now that the church is on Facebook, <laughs> now that we have a sanctuary, now that we have a page and we have groups and we have Messenger and we have all of these tools at our disposal, uh, I think it is critical for the people of God to have some wisdom about how to use social media and how to stay saved on the online world. For so long, uh, many churches uh, viewed social media and viewed the internet in, as a whole as the devil. Uh, it's from the devil, and stay away from it, and that's it. And so, um, you know, there, there's reasons that that was preached. There are reasons. There were, are certain and still are certain dangers uh, that it comes with. However, tonight there is a new reality that churches are having to deal with. And so it is critical now that we learn how to be fruitful, how to be effective, and how to have wisdom online. So let me give you some principles to think about this evening as we think about this new world that we are navigating. First of all, I want to talk about God's glory. Everybody say, God's glory. God's glory is the reason why we exist. Did you ever wonder that? Why did God make human beings, especially when he knew that we were going to mess up so badly? Why would he make a human race that was going to utterly fall flat on its face in the attempt to serve him? Like there was only a few, a short blip of a historical a time period that humanity was 
uh, obedient to God. And then after that, the curse of sin has gone down throughout the generations. And every person since Adam and Eve have fallen flat on our faces in our attempt to live for him and be right with him. So why in the world would God do that? Why would he create a people that he knows were destined to fail so utterly and so terribly? Well, we have to get a bigger picture tonight. The reason that God created anything was to reveal his glory. God has beautiful and wonderful glory that he wants to reveal to creation. God reveals his glory through the heavens. Even in Psalms, it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. When you begin to study creation, even in its fallen state, you will discover God's glory. This is why some of the greatest scientists, some of the greatest uh, chemists, some of the greatest astronomers, some of the greatest discoverers of the scientific age, many of them were true and ardent believers of the faith. And the reason that is because they were interested, they were passionate about discovering God's glory in the cosmos, discovering God's glory out in the jungles, discovering new, uh, new and different species, out in the uh, out in in the, in the molecular in the biologic field, looking through the microscope, discovering God's amazing glory, even on a microscopic scale. All of these, I believe, reveal God's incredible glory. How many believe tonight that God has written His signature on everything in creation? And part of the purpose of creation is to reveal God's glory. But one of the most amazing ways, if you think about it, that God has chosen to reveal his glory <laughs> is through us, through you. We know that God reveals himself through creation, that we know that Jesus came to reveal the glory of God. He said, you've looked at me, you've seen the Father. But then he says, I give to you the Holy Spirit. Why? Why did God give the Holy Spirit to the early church and to all of the believers since? Because God said, not only do I want to reveal my glory through creation, also through Christ, but most importantly, I want to reveal my glory through my church through the church of Jesus Christ. Listen to Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 3 as he speaks about the riches of Christ. He says, To me, I am less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given to me, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Did you hear that? That the manifold, the multiple, the incredibly huge wisdom of God is to be made known by the church. 
by the church, not by angels, not by the clouds in the sky, not by uh, coded messages in the stars, that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known by the church. Say it out loud tonight. I'm part of the church. And part of my purpose is to reveal God's glory. So tonight we find purpose in this. We find the reason not only why God created, but we find the reason why there is still a church. 2,000 years later, we are still part of the church of Jesus Christ. And the purpose is not just so that you have a place to visit on Sunday morning. The purpose is not just so that your kids can have a nice program to learn Bible stories. The church is not just so that we can have a, a, a weekly reminder of a Bible story. No, the church exists to reveal God's glory to a broken world. That's good preaching. So, tonight, if we understand that, then everything we do, going back to our scripture in Colossians, everything that we do is part of God's great plan to reveal his glory in a dark and dying world. That's really important that we understand this. In Colossians, it says, whatever we do. How much is included? How much of your life is included in that phrase, whatever we do? Everything, right? That means when you wake up in the morning and brush your teeth, that's part of whatever we do. That means uh, when, you, uh, when you put on your jammies and go to nighttime, that's part of whatever we do. That means the movies we watch, the music we listen to, it means the job that we work at, it means the money we make, it means the messages we give ourselves to, it means whatever we do, we should be doing in the name of the Lord Jesus. And if we're not, then we've become disobedient to the one who made us and created us and saved us. So now let's think about social media. <laughs> let's think about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is the, the latest. Can I ask you tonight, is that part of whatever we do or is that a separate category that shouldn't be touched by the word of God? I think tonight we should think of our whatever we do. We should think of our, our social media life and what we do online. That is for sure part of whatever we do. I saw uh, one day as I was working, I went to an office and uh, I saw one manager. I uh, was working in her office and fixing a computer there and she had posted on her wall an interesting poster. It was an anagram and... Uh, and it was the word think. The question across the top said, uh, uh, it, it said something like, is the thing you're about to say worthy of being said? And then the acronym think, uh, starting with the letter T. Before you speak, you should do these five things. T, is it true? How many know tonight that believers need to operate in truth? God is a God of truth. When we operate outside of truth, we do not glorify God. 
You know, I see sometimes fake news stories getting circulated online. It annoys me to no end when somebody posts, and it could be uh, uh, supporting Donald Trump or tearing down Donald Trump or whatever it is, or uh, Republican or Democrat or anything in between. But when you post something and it's not true, can I tell you something? You are helping the enemy of our souls. You are breaking down relationships, you are hurting the kingdom, and you are, you are failing in your mandate to reveal God's glory. Truth is critical when you're online. You, you must deal in truth. The, the second letter is H. Is it helpful? Helpful. You know, there's a lot of things that we post <laughs> that are just mindless, gibberish, just uh, just tickling somebody's fancy, just scratching some itch in your soul. Uh, but, you know, we really ought to think tonight, before we speak, before we post, is this something that is ever going to help a single soul? If it's not, you should really maybe hold on to that. I, is it inspiring? In other words, is this something that will not only help someone, but will lift them up? Listen, the platforms that we have now, every human being that is online has a platform. This is something that is brand new in the last 20 years. No one has ever had this in human existence that you can post something and every day it's going to be seen by 50, 70, 100, 200 people. Who knows how many? And I think with that Great power, as uh, Spider-Man's uncle taught us, with that great power comes great responsibility. That we ought to be thinking about the people who are going to be seeing what we're posting and that it should be something that inspires, that lifts someone up rather than pull them down. I like a good meme just like anybody else. But you don't have to use vulgarity. You don't have to be nasty. What we can do is inspire. The N of the word think. Is it necessary? Oh, how much of online posting is unnecessary? Necessary. Sometimes there's a good post and maybe it's helpful. Maybe it's inspiring. But you know what? Uh, it's already been said a thousand times. It's really not necessary. You're just adding to the noise. It would be good to think before we post those kinds of things. Is it necessary? Finally, K, T-H-I-N-K, the word think, ends in the word K, which stands for kind. Is it kind? You know, Christians make a big mistake when we post things online that are demeaning, that are hurtful and harmful, even if they're to the people that we don't like, like Nancy Pelosi, right? The demon woman from San Francisco. Well, you know, we would do a lot more by being kind to our enemies. Isn't this what Jesus exactly taught us in the Sermon on the Mount? To be kind to those who hate us and persecute us? You know, kindness online will go a long way in the long run. What we really need, l listen, that acronym again was THINK. Is what, the thing you're about to post, also it's true about the thing you're about to say. You should go through this in your mind first. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And all of those things are ways of saying the same thing I've already said. Does it glorify 
God or does it glorify my flesh? Jesus said it to us like this. Again, this from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 16. says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Think of this for just a moment. It is possible, according to Jesus, that you and I can live a good life. We can make good decisions. That we can say nice things and kind and inspiring things to people and posting good things and inspiring things and kind things. And when we do that, it is possible that men can see our lives and can give glory to God as a result. That is incredible to think about. And yet that is exactly the possibility that we have every day and every night on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and everything in between. What are you using your page for? What are you using your wall for? What are you using your account for? Listen, tonight, your online behavior is a wonderful reflection of your character. If I was to go back through your page and through your posts, and I was to sift through, what kind of picture would I get of your life? Some of you are going back through your history right now and deleting a bunch of stuff. Oh, no, pastors are going to inspect my profile. No, I'm not going to do that. I have better things to do. <laughs> but I want to tell you tonight that we can use whatever influence we have online for such bigger and better things tonight. I want you to think about your influence online because here's the problem with online lives and social media. You know, it's a wonderful platform. It's an amazing tool of communication, but there is a great problem, and that is that there's still a barrier of technology between people. That's why when we're talking about social media, we have to be about the social and not about the media. What I mean by that is we ought to be using social media right now as a tool for connecting together with people. That's what God created us for. He created us to be in relationship with other people. So social media is fantastic when it comes to being social with others, right? The problem is when we talk about the media. <laughs> when we talk about the pictures, the videos, the, the time wasters, the things that steal our attention. See, what we really need to strive for tonight is if you, have, if you have any desire to live a righteous life and have a good character, then you sh that should also extend to how people see you online. Your behavior online should be similar to your behavior in person. And if it's not, if you're a different person when you get behind Facebook... That reveals something. I want to read a kind of a lengthy scripture here tonight from the book of Ephesians chapter 5. I thank God for this book of Ephesians. It's so instructive and so helpful. I want, to, I want you to listen carefully to this scripture tonight. 
It says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Now, just let me stop there for a second. How many agree with me tonight that when you get saved, you get adopted into God's family and you become a child of the king, son or daughter of the king, a brother to our elder brother of Jesus Christ. And isn't it true if you have kids in your house that for better or worse, they are like you. They are like you, aren't they? They look like you. They talk like you. (laughs) And when the little attitudes come out, you say, where did that come from? Well, guess who it came from? Most likely came from one of you or someone close to you. What I'm saying is that children are wonderful imitators, aren't they? They learn from what they see. If you tell your child, you better not smoke cigarettes. Don't you dare smoke cigarettes. If I ever catch you uh, smoking a cigarette, I'll slap it right out of your face. And at the same time you're smoking cigarettes, don't you dare. I'm telling you, it's okay for me, not for you. Can I tell you? That is a losing strategy, isn't it? Because children will imitate what they see and what they hear. That's why your speech is so critical. The things that you say. Little ears are listening. Little eyes are watching. And you can tell them. You can instruct them. You can say a thousand things. But if your conduct is different from what you're teaching, guess what they're going to learn? They will imitate. But that is also true when we come into the family of God. That we, like good children, we should become imitators of who? Of our Father. We should become like Him. What is His desire? This should should fill your mind with curiosity tonight. What does God want to do in a broken and dying world? What are His desires? What are his purposes? What are the things that are important to him? And more importantly, what are the things that are not important to him? And as we grow in grace, as we grow in maturity with Christ, that our values should begin to align with the values of our Father. And here in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, we have some very instructive ways that we can imitate our Father. Verse 2, walk in love. I mean, you know, God is a God of love. He cares about us, even when we don't deserve it. He says, walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So as imitators of God, we should be people who live lives of self-sacrifice. That's what true love is. Love is not what Hollywood portrays. Love is not lust. Love is choosing to sacrifice for the sake of someone else. And so if your Facebook post caused someone to stumble in their faith, then you ought to be willing to look at yourself and say, is that really worth it to me? Is that really worth it that somebody could look at that and think that that's what a Christian is? I'm going rather to sacrifice myself and my desire to put that on a public forum. And I'm going to be a child of my father who wants to love people. Right? Verse 3, fornication 
and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither fil- Listen carefully. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks. He said, how much, I, I, I would be curious to know what percentage of social media is these things. Filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting. I'd say that's a good 70 to 80%. Foolishness, foolish talking, filthiness, and coarse jesting. This is where the media part of social media ought to be avoided. Ought to be avoided. Instead, we can replace those things. Your Facebook page and your public profile ought to be a place where giving of thanks is happening on a daily basis. Do you know how much better your life would be if you would take once a day and just put a post on there of things that you're thankful for? Wow. Mind blown. For this you know, listen, verse 5, Ephesians 5, verse 5, this you know, that no fornicator, no unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And if you are in the light, then walk as children of light. And how do we know when we're walking in the light? Verse 9, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Look at verse 11. This is such a powerful verse. It says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in the secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. See then, verse 15, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. There's so much there to unpack, but we don't have time tonight. I want to challenge you tonight to study that chapter in your devotional this week. This is your homework. I'm giving you homework tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. Unpack that chapter verse by verse and learn what it means for you to live on social media. We must understand tonight that whenever you post, whenever you Instagram, whenever you message, whenever you put something online, I want to I I want you to understand something, that you are doing more than representing yourself and your own point of view. There is something bigger happening here. Because you are associated with our church, and because you are associated with the kingdom of God, you are an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ, that means every one of your posts ought to be viewed with great scrutiny and 
you and I have to understand tonight that we are representing the very kingdom of God. Proverbs 22, verse 1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Tonight, let me ask you, your posts, your comments, you go back and look at your history online. Do they reflect the glory of God or do they reflect something else? Do they reflect a worldly point of view? Do they reflect wickedness? Do they reflect coarse jesting and filthiness? Because tonight, the problem with that is that not only are you making a bad name for yourself, but you're making a bad name for the church that you are associated with online, and you are also making a bad name for the kingdom of which you are a member tonight. And so, in whatever you do, as it says in Colossians, whatever you do, do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be honored to be that chosen generation that Peter mentioned in his letter. To have access, such access to the world. We have incredible access. You know, in in the first century, the first church that came to the world that God filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says of them that they turned their world upside down. Do you know how that happened? It happened one person at a time. That means it took a lot of labor, right? To have one conversation, one at a time, house by house, person by person, to reach the entire known world at that time was no small feat. It was a huge deal, but it was a lot of work. But can I tell you, we could, if we would take this seriously, we could do greater things than that first church. Because social media is a message amplifier. You know what an amplifier does, right? I have a guitar amplifier up here. Maybe you can see it in the background. This amplifier, you know, I have a little guitar, and if I play a a chord on that guitar, and that nice little chord, you know, even if I play it really hard, you know, the sound is not going to fill the room. It might get to the first row, and uh, it might you might still be able to hear it, but listen, it's not going to be a sound that fills a room. But if I put a pickup, and if the magnetic uh, vibrations from those strings go through that audio cable and into the amplifier, and there are there are electronics inside that amplifier that take the signal and begin to amplify, make it stronger, make it louder, make it cleaner, make it more uh, robust and beautiful, and all of a sudden I can bring with the same force, and guess what? Boom, it fills an empty room. Can I tell you, for believers, for those of us who are called according to God's glory, 
For those of us who are sons and daughters of the king, you ought to view your Facebook page, your Instagram, you ought to view your Twitter profile as the amplifier, not for your stinking opinions, but for the truth of God's kingdom. If you would see social media in that way, then the world could be turned upside down. Could be turned upside down. Ephesians 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. This is why God created us, for good works. This is why I don't buy it. I don't buy it. If somebody tells me they're a believer, tells me they're a Christian, oh, I love Jesus, but their life is full of junk. Their life is full of uh, uh, filthiness and full of uh, coarse talking and sexual innuendos and talking with, with a foul mouth and, and uh, habits that would make a sailor blush. Listen, I don't buy it tonight because God created us for good works. And if we are in the light, as he is in the light, then our deeds and our words should be things that lift people up. It's all right. You don't have to say amen. I'm just going to keep right on preaching. I'm going to finish this sermon, and we're all going to go on with our lives. Hallelujah. So let's talk about restoring our online presence. Maybe right about now, you're thinking about a few posts that you've made in the last week or month or year and thinking about a few things that you've said to people, uh, maybe with, a, with some regret. I hope tonight that the Holy Spirit, that you're still sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to hear his voice and say, oh, pastor, you're right. Pastor, no, it's not pastor's right. The word of God is right. And I'm hearing the instruction from God's Holy Spirit tonight. And I realize that some of the things I've been saying and some of the things I've been posting have not been bringing glory to God, but rather glorifying wickedness. What do I do, pastor? I'm glad you asked. Because there's a very simple thing that we all must do when we find ourselves knowingly and willingly in disobedience to God, and that is repentance. Acts 3.19 Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want every social media presence that I have online to be a refreshing place somebody sees something i posted and something in them oh yeah that's refreshing like a nice drink of cool water on a hot day that feels good thanks for posting that pastor and even if it's only one or two people who see it uh that is worth it to me we are called in whatever we do to glorify God. And if you realize tonight that your posts and your words aren't glorifying to God, then it's time to repent. Repent. Do you know what the word repent means? It doesn't just mean, oh gosh, I'm sorry. Golly gee willikers, I'll try not to do. No, you know what repentance means? It means a change of direction, a change of mind, change of mentality. I've been using this social media thing all wrong. And so repentance could look like you using your 
posts, using your page, using your profile, using it for God's purposes instead of my purposes. You know, isn't that exactly what God wants to do with all of our lives? Isn't that exactly what he wants to do with your money, right? We, we talk about salvation and we say, uh, oh, well, you know, you're not really saved until your wallet gets saved, right? Well, maybe we should say the same thing about social media. You're not really saved until your Facebook profile gets saved. You're not really saved until your Twitter and Instagram gets saved. What we really ought to do is that repentance needs to reach down into the depths of our soul and realize, you know, maybe there's this picture of me that's showing all kinds of parts of my body that I don't want other people to see. It doesn't glorify God, that's for sure. I believe that we have an opportunity right now. If you're watching this, you have an opportunity. You have a group of friends online. You have a group of followers. And when you post something, there is a chance that the Holy Spirit can grab hold of that and can bring it to the attention of your friends and family. And who knows? Who knows what God could do if you would simply begin to plant some seeds? The mandate of the church has not changed. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And may I just remind you tonight that is not just the goal of the church. It's not just the goal of a pastor. It's not just the goal of church leaders. That needs to be your goal. That needs to be your mission and your purpose. If you're hearing this and you are a believer, you say, yes, pastor, I'm a Christian, then you know what your life is about? Your life is about preaching the gospel. And you are either doing well or you're not doing well. So don't allow your social media tonight to become a gutter of your soul. Don't allow it to suck you into the abyss of flesh. I see so many people who uh, allow Facebook, and I want to tell you that they have, uh, they have software engineers working on the highest level of their app and their website that are designed to draw you in and keep you engaged for as long as possible. It's a dangerous thing. We don't, uh, we don't uh, ignore the dangers tonight, but we understand that social media can be an incredible amplifier. So tonight, I want to just once again remind you of this scripture, Colossians Chapter 3, verse 17, whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, Jesus, he lamented. He said, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. My wife told me a, uh, an interesting news story that was happening recently that there are farmers now, uh, that th it is ready. It's time. The harvest has come. It's time to plant or to harvest the crops. And the problem is now with this COVID-19 and the quarantine that's happening, all of the borders are closed. And so the migrant workers that normally come up from Mexico and S South America, places like that, normally they will come in droves on, on a visa, a work permit visa, in order to harvest the crops. But because the borders are closed, 
now closed. That is not happening. And there's uh, these farmers and these ranchers are having all of their crops. They are dying out in the fields because no one is there to pick them up. No one is there to collect the harvest. I want to tell you tonight, there is a great mission field filled with people who need the gospel. Every day you are online, every day you are on Facebook, you are bumping virtual shoulders with people who are hurting, maybe people who've lost their jobs, maybe people who don't know what their lives are going to look like in two weeks or four weeks or six weeks. They're unsure, they're uncertain. God is allowing this world to be shifted. And there's a lot of people right now who are open to things that they may have never been open to before. I want to give you a challenge and part of your homework this week, not only to study Ephesians chapter 5, but I have another piece of homework for you. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And Easter Sunday is the day that even sinners go to church. And we are having a third drive-in Sunday service for Easter Sunday. By the way, uh, if all goes according to the plan, it's going to be our grand opening service in our new building over there. Okay, so we have lots of good reasons to begin spreading a message of hope. And I want to challenge you to go on a seven-day social media fast. I am only going to post things that glorify God. I want to challenge you tonight. I'm only going to post things that are going to exalt the name of God, that are going to inspire people, that are going to bring people closer to God. And I want to use my social media as an amplifier. I'm going to repost pastor sermons. I'm going to send those messages to people. I'm going to invite to these event pages. I'm going to get into the discussion groups, and I'm going to glorify my God because I believe that your influence tonight can be amplified. Through the power of technology tonight. So I want to challenge you. Let's use social media for the kingdom of God this week. Would you join me in that? Let's see how many souls can be saved. And the awesome thing about it is that we are not limited to our, to our physical location now, are we? You can find yourself preaching to somebody in Tanzania or the Philippines you can find yourself on a virtual missions trip if you'll take the time to post something and share something and explain something and share your testimony and use social media in a way that glorifies God let's bow our heads Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. 
we remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three. Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.